You are tuned in with Reverend and Goodwill Ambassador Art Wilson. We started laying hands on people and the Spirit of God flooded into that place and God did incredible things. Each week, you are invited behind the scenes to be a part of exclusive and unique topics about world news, biblical finds, and religious events. Here's your host, Art Wilson. Hello, everyone. You're tuned in today to Goodwill Ambassador, Reverend Art Wilson. We're so excited to have you on today's podcast. We are going to be bringing you some in-depth, deep conversations today, and we're talking with our international evangelist, Josh Herring. He is used mightily of the Lord and in a very unique way in this hour, and he is a young man. We're so glad he was able to be with us on the call. We spent a lot of time talking with him, hearing his story, hearing some of the ways God has been talking to him throughout the years, how God is using him. We also got to go into some spiritual things. We talked about spiritual aspects. We explored the biblical thoughts of angels and how they work for us, work with us, and how it's biblical. The Bible, New Testament and Old, is filled with angelic participation. And we got to hear a lot of that from our evangelist today. But, you know, while we were at the closing of that part one, we started heading into some areas where we really need to be informed in this hour. We were talking about spiritual warfare. We started getting into the areas of darkness that attack the everyday saint every day. And we started getting into those things. We ran out of time, but I'm so glad that our evangelist was able to come back on because I want to get in to some of that stuff. I think this episode is going to help a lot of people. And we have on the line our international evangelist, Josh Herring. How are you doing, Josh? Greeting, bishops. So thankful to be with you. I'm ready to roll. Let's do this. Well, you know, we, we felt the Holy Ghost in part one. Yeah. Yes. We want to thank you. We were talking about fasting and prayer and mm-hmm. all these things. And mm, these things build the saint. But then we we were getting into some things where we really need to be informed. You know, when we start talking about spiritual warfare, darkness, mm-hmm. oppressions, uh, vices, imprisonments, um, lack of spiritual breakthroughs, this is where saints of God are uninformed. And and I want to us here. I want we're going to go into some things. I'm going to read a scripture in a moment, but. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to talk to, you know, we're, this is an international program. We got people listening. Our statistics came in from every corner of the earth. We've got people all the way in Papua New Guinea somewhere. We've got people in the villages of China. We've got people in Russia, Europe, Africa, the Middle East, let alone America, listening to this program, South America. To the, the average person, that's, that's, they're, they're dealing with things. They're struggling. We talk about spiritual warfare, wrestling against things. Tell us a little bit about this scripture. Ephesians 6 and 12 goes into some things. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What are some of the things the Lord has shared with you about this scripture? It's a great question, Bishop. And, um, Thank you uh, for letting me be on the show with you. I, I really um, think, first of all, the beginning part of that verse is very, very vital for the, for the believer to understand. 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, right there, you could stop and almost preach an entire message that if you are wrestling with nothing but your flesh and your issues and your habits and your sins and your addictions, you are disqualified from wrestling in the spirit world. Because if you are wrestling with flesh and blood, you cannot wrestle with high things that you cannot see. So automatically, if the attacks you're dealing with are very visible to you, you know what the struggle is, you know it's something that you're doing wrong, then you are not wrestling a demon, you are wrestling your flesh. And so obviously that is something that you have to be aware of. We blame the devil for everything we fight, but a lot of times we're fighting our own flesh. Now, I will say that if you're doing your best and you're trying, uh, you know, understanding the demonic world is, is, is much different than understanding the angelic, although it's the same spirit world. They operate in the same uh, way. It's just, it's just that they are on opposite sides. But there are, there are several little things we can talk about. Number one, um, how to recognize demonic attack. How do you recognize when there's a demon attacking your home or your family or your your, your loved one or yourself. It's, it's very difficult because obviously uh, you, most of the time you're not going to see the devil that's attacking you. It's like you might not see the angels that are there visiting with you. And so obviously having spiritual discernment is very, very vital. Um, one of the quickest ways you can learn spiritual discernment is to understand the speech of people talking around you. Understanding the source of the words that come to you is very, very vital. Uh, because someone can be used of the enemy and you might think the person is the problem when the enemy is speaking through them just to get to you. A biblical example, and there are several, uh, but one of the greatest is when Job was attacked by Satan and Job kept worshiping God and Satan went up to the Lord to report and the Lord said, Job is holding on to his integrity. And, uh, he, and Satan said, well, let me attack him and let me attack his body. And so he comes down and he attacks Job's body. and uh, the next verse, Job's wife walks in and says, are you still holding on to your integrity? Well, why is she asking about his integrity? Because she was not the source of the words. The source of the words was the devil himself who had heard from God that no matter what you do to Job, he'll hold on to his integrity. So understanding the source of the words, if you're fighting a strife or division in your home, understanding that there might be a spirit trying to stir you up against your loved one is much more powerful in revelation to you than just arguing with the loved one trying to prove your point all the time. So one of the greatest things I heard Brother Eli Hernandez ever say, and he, he said a lot, and, uh, but one of the greatest things he ever talked about is when you are under attack from hell, he said, hell is reactionary. Hell cannot create. They react. And he said, so the, the greatest thing you can do when you're under attack is not react immediately, but to pause because, because hell cannot create and because they react and they bring things to you. If you react, you are doing exactly what they do and flowing in their flow, if you so will. But if you pause, you cause the demon to become uncomfortable with what he has just brought to you. Because now you're praying for wisdom and discernment of what's really going on here. What's really near my family? What spirit has engaged? And there's a lot of things we can get into on this. I mean, uh, if spirits, demonic spirits, Bishop, and you know more than, than I do on this, but demonic spirits 
can come in different forms. We talked about the way angels show up yesterday. We talked about the forms of which angels manifest, and we got it briefly into that. But there are forms in which the demonic uh, can attack too. And uh, it's not just you know, seeing some big red devil with horns and a pitchfork. It's, if it's a devil, I mean, I can tell, we, can, we might get into it today. I might be able to tell some stories of some demonic encounters, but I also know that they can travel, uh, and they travel through animals. They can travel through plants. They can travel through different things. They, they're, they're invisible. But if you're constantly, let me just give you an example. If you're constantly getting attacked in your dreams and it's, it's, uh, say it's a, a, a cat, a black cat, that's usually a signal of witchcraft. And I can tell personal stories of that. If it's a pig, it's an unclean spirit. If it is a serpent, it's usually deception or lust that's near you. If it's a wolf, it's a spirit of division that has come near you. Uh, a lion can be a devouring spirit. If, if you're constantly having dreams and you're being attacked by these animals, the, the spirit behind it is what's really working. So a great thing to pray is God open my eyes to what's really going on here. Show me what's really working behind the scenes and trying to get to me uh, because I know this is deeper waters, but if, if you can see the source of the attack, the attack does not last as long and it's nowhere near as powerful as it could have been. I will say this and also that the power of fasting going back to our last lesson is very vital when it comes to exposing the demonic. And the, and the reason is this, when Jesus fasted 40 days, the Bible says he went to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. It did not say he went to the wilderness to fast. He went to the wilderness to be tempted. And the reason is he knew the devil was coming. So he fasted. He did not fast. That was not the purpose. The purpose of the fasting was because he knew there was an encounter with hell coming. And so to be at the top of his game, he obviously fasted 40 days before he met this devil. And it's throughout the word of God, the power of fasting. And if you are going to have clarity on what you're dealing with, the more you fast, the weaker the devil gets and the more it exposes him. Demons do not let me just say this very clearly to those that are listening. Demons do not want you to see them. If you are a child of God, if you are a believer, the demon does not want you to see him. And the reason is because if you really are a believer, you will begin to pray and you will cast it out and you will seek God and you will pray until the Lord moves. The devil does not want that. He is wreaking havoc in the invisible for a reason. Therefore, if you do see the demon, he is on his way out and he does not like that. So he's going to act up more if you see him because he's truly, truly leaving the premises very soon. Wow. That's, that is some revelation for us right there. Let me ask you this from a personal perspective. Um, yes. mm -hmm. Under attack, you know it's a spiritual... Mm -hmm. You know, it's spiritual warfare that's come against you. You're under attack. You know there's demonic forces trying to destroy you, trying to destroy your home, trying to destroy your ministry, your income. You're under attack. What does Josh Herring do next? Uh, Josh Herring intensifies his prayer life immediately. Um, Josh Herring reaches out to his coverings to pray for him. Uh, spiritual covering is vital when you're under demonic attack. You want the devil to start seeing who covers you. Um, and 
most importantly, I would say that when if there is something near and it's messing with my family, messing with my wife, or messing with me, um, I am I am I am praying for clarity. What is this? Why is this here? Um, show me, God, how to speak to it. Because ultimately, you're not going to wrestle it out of the room. You're going to have to speak and command it to leave. And sometimes it's extreme warfare. And, it's some, and you know, back to the angelic, when, when Daniel fa fasted and prayed for 21 days, that demon from Persia showed up where he was held captive immediately trying to block the angel from getting Daniel's prayers. And then ultimately the angel said, when I go back up to heaven with your prayers, the demon from Persia has called a friend of his, a demon from Grecia, to try to block this. And he does not want your prayers answered. And so the revelation is this, that hell calls for backup when you pray and fast because the demon that's assigned to you can no longer block what you are doing. So if you increase your prayer and fasting, you cause hell to reach out for more resources because they can no longer stop you from what you are doing. And also the powerful thing about it is, is it's a compliment because heaven sends angels when devils are trying to stop you. So if that helps, I'm not sure. But what I would do personally is I would increase my fasting, increase my prayer. I would increase my listening in prayer. I would increase, uh, I would be in the word much more. I would make the devil uncomfortable. He hates the spoken word. He hates the word of the Lord. And he can't stand it when you begin to, especially when he sends spirits to your home, when you change the atmosphere of your home. I think a lot of times we try to focus on the actual situation and not the atmosphere. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's something that I want to tell this world. And this, this is something hell hates to hear. But as long as the devil can keep you focused on whatever the attack is, say it's a financial trouble or say it's uh, someone in your family acting crazy or it's sickness in your body, and you focus on the miracle of the healing or the, the restoration of the loved one or the, the financial blessing coming through, you are focused on the product of an atmosphere. And Brother Hernandez also taught me this, and I, and I really feel to tell this right now that what you need to pray is for heaven's atmosphere to be released in your home, in your life. Because in heaven's atmosphere, the body gets healed of the cancer. The financial blessing comes through immediately. The loved one stops acting crazy because heaven's atmosphere is peaceful. And, and when hell is causing chaos and you can't figure out why is there so much chaos? Why am I being attacked from every angle? What you need to pray is God change this atmosphere right now. And so then go beyond that. Play the word of God in your home if you can, uh, on your phone. If you, if you can't do that, uh, play music, worship uh, the Lord with music in your home. If you don't have music, then sing to the Lord in your home. But change the atmosphere and make the demonic spirit uncomfortable. There's one place demons never went in the Old Testament, and that is the Holy of Holies. When you are in the Holy of Holies, when you are in the closest proximity to the power of your God, demons do not want to be anywhere near that. So instead of focusing on what's attacking you, focus on how do I change the atmosphere so that what's attacking me is so uncomfortable, it does not want to stay. Wow, that is incredible. Change the atmosphere. You know, you mentioned something. Uh, about covering. 
I think we need to, I think we need to hear a little more on that. You, you mentioned it. There was a, there was a power there when you said you turned the covering. Yes. You need to know that you have a covering. What is, what do you, what do you think? Well, you know, as men of God, you know, we have, we have elders in our lives that cover us and pray for us that we go to for counsel and wisdom. If you are a saint of the Lord, your pastor is your covering. And ultimately what you want the enemy to feel is, is your covering when you're fighting because an uncovered warrior, no matter how powerful you are, uh, can be exposed quickly and so and can be attacked quickly and can be taken down easily. And so what I do is uh, I reach out to when I'm under attack or I feel something, I reach out to the men of God in my life that have much more wisdom than me, that are overseeing me, that can rebuke me, that can tell me I am wrong, that can put me in my place. And I put the situation in their hands. I give them detail by detail what's going on. And the reason is this. When I go to pray against this attack or for the atmosphere, to ch- I'm praying and I'm also being prayed for by people that are responsible for me, that look out for me. And let me just say it boldly. The enemy fears your pastor more than he fears you. And if and I want, I want the world to hear that the enemy fears the one covering you and don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that you're a, a superhero spiritually. And you're the one that it's a, that causes fear everywhere. And the enemy is more afraid of you than anyone, because ultimately just ask Elisha, he put that mantle of Elijah on and everyone started saying, that's Elijah, that's Elijah. The ones that mocked him suddenly respected him because they saw Elijah on him. And you, you want the enemy and you want those that are mocking you or attacking you to see your covering because it changes their words. It changes their tones about you. And so there's something powerful in submission and submission to authority. Obviously, you are a man under authority. You've got great authority in this world, Bishop, all over the world. And you understand the power of submission and submission gives you greater authority. And so one of the tricks of the enemy is to cause you to think that you have to pursue great authority, pursue great authority. And if you pursue this, you'll become so powerful that hell won't want to come near you when the exact opposite is actually true. If you pursue great submission and great humility, the Bible says that the Lord exalts those who humble themselves. He lifts you up when you put yourself down, when you put yourself lower than others. And let me just say this, the Bible says to esteem each other higher than ourselves. That's talking about the body of Christ. That's talking about people baptized filled with the Holy Ghost and in Jesus name. And so, and obviously what he's saying is don't just, don't just submit to your authority, but esteem everybody in the body higher than yourself. You might have more experience. You might've fought more devils. You might have more encounters. You might've fasted longer. You might be connected to the Lord. You might be able to pray for three minutes and get more done than most people can get done in three days of praying, but you should still view the person who's been in church 20 minutes as higher and closer to God than yourself. That is a spirit of submission, which causes the anointing and the power and ultimately the authority of God to flow through you in a greater way. That's very powerful. You know, while you were talking, this is, this is important. What you're, you're in the Holy Ghost. What, what you're talking about, is seldom covered and it's seldom talked about in open circles. It's, it's an elephant in the room. Mm. We've been walking around it. And I want to, I want to ask you some things about this because we need to deal with it. You know, if you was talking about the centurion who, who Christ was going to, to his home and then 
centurion said listen you don't even need to come into my house literally i've heard from theologians that that journey was all the way across town it, it could have been as many as, as 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 10 15 20 miles that he would have had to go out of his way but then the centurion said to him he said listen i'm a person that's in authority and i'm under authority he said i understand these things he said if you just speak being the potentate of authority Everything in this planet's got to listen from nowhere to where you give that command. He said, just speak the word. And, and literally Christ said, I've, he didn't rebuke him. He didn't say the doctrine was incorrect. He said, I have not seen this kind of faith. Mm-hmm. So he, he was actually addressing this as this is a principle, mm-hmm. this, 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 this covering. And I want to I ask you this about the uncovered. You know, there's a lot of, there's a wave of internet Christians they don't have a pastor. They don't have a church. They don't have a covering. They they kind of say that God's their pastor. They're, 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 they, they want every human being to be perfect in order for them to follow them, of course, because they're perfect. <laughs> right. I'm, of course, I'm being, I'm being funny here, but sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the non-engaged, uh, if they do have a pastor, they want them to be non-engaged. They don't want them to, they don't want them to upset their apple cart. They don't want them to speak into the Bible with many instructions. How do you feel an uncovered Christian that's listening now? Mm. You, don't have a, you don't have, you don't, what does this mean in spiritual warfare? Well, uh, uh, boy, I could, there's so much stuff here. Great thoughts, by the way, on, on the speaking the word, which I think, the original point about speaking the word, uh, like Pastor Brian Kinsey here, our pastor in Pensacola, said last night his message. He said the Lord is forcing us into a dimension where we can't touch anybody now. So we're now we're being pulled to speak the word of faith rather than just lay hands on everybody because that the, the power is in the spoken word. In fact, the greater the miracles Jesus did, the more likely he used his mouth. When he raised the dead, he didn't touch people. He always spoke to them, and so. The, anyway, but to your point about uncovered Christians, in the end of the Bible, there are four people from the Old Testament that jump back in at the end of the Bible. Four wicked people who jump, who have been dead thousands of years, whose spirit that was upon them jumps back in at the end time to show at the end of the Bible. These are the four spirits you have to watch out for. Those people were Cain, Balaam. Korah and Jezebel. Cain, Balaam, and Korah, you'll find them in the book of Jude, the second to the last book in the Bible, and Jezebel, you'll find in the last book, the book of Revelation. Because at the end time, there would be four types of spirits that would be loose uh, in the church. And and I'll go into this briefly, but the spirit of Cain is an unsubmitted spirit. It, it, It loves you until you're more spiritual than he is, and and until you go beyond him in that uh, you get closer to God. And ultimately the spirit of Cain hates God, but since it can't kill God, it kills the thing closest to God, the things that represent God in its life. So ultimately when someone has a spirit of Cain on them, they're mad at God about something, but since they can't touch God, they kill their pastor. They hate, they, they attack the man of God in their life because ultimately he's blessed and I'm not, and he gets stuffed and I don't. And if I had what he has, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this situation. And they, 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 they attack uh, as long as they feel, uh, because the truth is they, they don't know how to handle being beneath an able, being beneath a pastor. Then you've got uh, Balaam who 
was a superstar. He was a prophet. He had giftings, but he couldn't be covered. Uh, he, he had a chance to actually join Moses and the Israelites, but instead of join them, he was trying to impress people from the world with his giftings and his giftings wouldn't work when he'd go to curse the people of God. Ultimately, he got him killed by the people of God. But the truth was, it was a submission problem. All Balaam had to do to change his story and never get attacked, or never have a donkey talk to him, never have the crashing into the wall, an angel pull a sword after him to kill him. He never had to have any of that. If he would just said, there's Moses, he's the man of God, I'm going to submit to him right now. Yes, I'm gifted. Yes, I'm powerful. But ultimately, I need a covering. And so he said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to get famous. And it's dangerous when you're looking for attention for your gifting, because ultimately when your covering steps into your life and speaks to you, your covering doesn't give you fame. It doesn't give you, uh, it doesn't give you what your, your flesh is pursuing. And when people uh, don't have that understanding, then they pursue the fame and they pursue who will promote me, who will notice me who will recognize me who will use me and ultimately they can't submit to an authority like a moses because truly they see themselves closer to god than moses is and the truth is it's not them at all it's their gifting that god put in them and they think the gifting is themselves so be careful when you fall in love with the gifting because a gifting can separate you from your covering quickly if you do not have the covering as a more vital uh part of your life than the gifting. The third one was Korah and Korah obviously uh, was Moses's cousin and Korah was, he had a great position. He was in charge of helping cleaning up the temple, a tabernacle, excuse me. And he had, he, he was right there related to the man that's in charge of three, two to three million people. And, uh, but his problem was, and this is not preached enough, but it needs to be. And that Korah he was talking about Moses in his own tent because the Bible said ultimately when God was about to judge Korah that the Lord said everyone that's been in Korah's tabernacle or Korah's tent needs to get out of there. In other words, Korah was walking up to his leader and shaking his hand saying, I love you, Bishop. I love you, Pastor. I love you, Moses. You're everything to me. I need you. But then when he would get alone, he would say, I don't agree with this. I don't think he should be doing that. If I was the leader, I'd be doing this. Why doesn't he recognize this? And so it's, it's a hypocritical spirit. It's a two-faced spirit that says, oh, yeah, I really love you. But the truth is he's a, he's a backstabber. It's, 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 it's an Old Testament Judas is what it is. It's a, it's a spirit that betrays the leader behind the scene uh, because ultimately Korah wants to be uncovered. And ultimately, the sad part about Korah's life was since when God said, since you don't want to be covered by a man, I will cover you with the ground and he opened up the ground and covered Cora alive and Cora never recovered. Cora and his family die. And obviously the fourth one is Jezebel found in the book of revelation. She jumps back into the church. She calls herself a prophetess in the end time. She thinks she's very gifted and she thinks she's powerful. And therefore she, she tries to control the man of God. So there's, and, and I can go a lot into that, but there's a, there's a process here. You got, you've got Cain who, who doesn't like, is just jealous. Cain is a jealous spirit. You've got Balaam, which is an unsubmitted spirit. You've got Korah, which is a rebellious spirit. And you've got Jezebel, which is a controlling spirit. Ultimately, it's a process when you get jealous and before long you get unsubmitted. And before long after you're unsubmitted, you begin to rebel and then you want to control. And those spirits, they work in, in process like that. They come one at a time both to churches corporately and to individuals and to families 
And before long, they are in a place they never thought they would be because ultimately it's a control thing. When you want to be, when you are trying to get away from the covering, it's a control thing. You want to be in control. When you want to be in control and you won't be led, no one can pastor you, you are Mm -hmm. covered. Wow. It's for Jezebel, yes. Wow. You know, that's powerful. Have you preached that yet? Have you? Uh, aspects of it. I used to preach the four spirits loose in the end time, but I never went into the details of the process from jealousy to, to, um, to being unsubmitted, to being rebellious, to being in control. I never preached that. No. Well, we need to hear that message. That's that's yeah. A, yeah. It's important because being uncovered and operating, obviously, from what I'm hearing, there's a reason you're uncovered. Yes. Something that's an accident, chosen, deliberately and out of scripture, out of the will of God. There's no one that can, that has the the rule over you. The Bible tells us, uh, obey them that have the rule over you. Mm -hmm. So obviously you don't want anyone over you that. So, so there's a, there's a spiritual breakdown there. There's, there's, there's something that's wrong. So when you're not covered, what we're discovering in our conversation with our evangelists, there's something wrong with you. Right. And there are some people that want to cover everyone and they think that if you're not under their covering, you're not in submission. But the truth is that's not true. God has put the covering in your life. You know who it is. You know where you are. You know who your pastor is and that is your covering. And, and so therefore, you know to who to be completely transparent with who has acted, who has veto power in your life. And someone has to have veto power in your life. Someone has to say, no, you're not going there. No, you're not doing that. I don't think you should call that person. I don't think you should make that decision. I wouldn't do that if I were you. And, and those little conversations, those are tests. And a lot of times when, when, the, when the covering loves you, the covering will not command it. The covering will not demand it. The covering will just suggest it. And then you are entering a test to see if you're really submitted to your covering. The covering will say, well, I, you know, if it was me, I, I wouldn't do this. If it was me, I would do this. Well, that's the Lord saying, are you going to submit to the suggestion? Because the suggestion, if you, I hope you can, I hope that this makes sense. If you submit to the suggestion, then you are now in the spirit of submission. Because the spirit of submission comes upon you when you submit to the suggestions of your covering, not just the commands. Wow. I like that. That is powerful. So, so someone who's considering themselves covered, I'm, yep. I've got people in my life. What, what if the people that them have told them something to do and they decide they don't want to do it and they don't do it? They don't obey their covering. Are they? Okay. I think uh, someone in your position, obviously with great authority and great influence it's, I think it's a case by case situation. I think now if you're, if you're, because ultimately if you have too many voices, the voices can contradict each other and you can have people saying, go here. And the other one saying, don't go here. Now the danger of having, uh, getting a lot of voices is, is you will tend to find the ones that will agree with you on the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And you will reach out to them first because if they agree with you, then ultimately you can say, well, my elders said this. Uh, it's, it, you're not usually going to call the one that you know is going to say, I wouldn't do that because if you really wanted to do it and you have three elders that are going to say yes, and you, and you have, or I mean, do it, but you have two elders that are going to say no. And so you have to be very careful 
uh, with what, and I think the thing, the thing to do, Bishop, is to pray for humility. Mm-hmm. Is God, if, if I'm wrong, if I am wrong, please show me. Show me uh, I am wrong. Let my spirit, let my spirit be in check. If I'm completely wrong and they're right on this and I'm, I'm about to make a terrible mistake, please forgive me. I'm only human. Now, if, if, if they're giving you counsel, and, and it's, it's not what the, you know, it's, it's saying, no, you, you, you shouldn't do this. And, and yet something in your spirit um, says, I think, I think that what I'm feeling to do, even though it's not what they're saying is, is right. I, I really, I, I'm torn because if you're really submitted, you'll be torn right there. If there's something you're really wanting to do and your elders are saying, I, I wouldn't do that. And yet you keep feeling an unction in the Holy Ghost to do it. What I would do then is I would begin to fast and pray for God to clearly reveal what is his will? Because ultimately, you don't want to. Uh, elders, you know, I've learned through mistake, through tri- trial and error, and I've also learned by helping some young kids that that when you don't take their counsel, they get silent. Mm. And the last thing you want is your elders silent. And when your elders are silent, it's because ultimately you have not heeded their counsel enough. And so, what I would say is, Lord, if I'm going to lose their counsel over this decision, if I'm going to lose their voice in my life, which I know you put their voice in my life and I'm, and I just have to do this. And I think it's you, but I'm going to lose. What are the repercussions of this decision? Am I going to lose this voice? Am I going to lose this person? Because ultimately God, what's more important to me, the relationship with the, the elder or this thing I want to do. And wow. so I ultimately would, I would start to view things like that. I'd pray for wisdom on all this, you know, and now if the elder is saying hey, you can do that either way, I, I'm not in your, I'm not in your situation. You can do this if you, or you rather do this. Then it's, it's that's more lenient. You know, you're not going to lose the voice of the elder, but if it's a straight up command, yeah, you better take it more seriously before you do it. Wow. That, that makes perfect sense. So, so we're understanding more about being properly aligned and working under that covering. We're hearing a lot of things in this set, in this episode. I, I enjoy what we've covered. And I think everybody that's listening, you now have some nuggets that you can apply to your spiritual life and especially when there's spiritual warfare. And we're out of time today, but I think we need to have our evangelists back on our program. There's so much more we've got to cover. So, but with this episode, we want to thank you for being on the program. We appreciate you so much, Evangelist Josh Herring. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Bishop. And being transparent. And, and really talking to us and really sharing with us what you feel. This is, this is invaluable. And, and ladies and gentlemen, you're getting some incredible insights today. And I, I'm, I appreciate you being on the program. And we're going to close out right now. But I want to remember, remember, remember to tell everybody, remember to share it, remember to subscribe. And may you never be the same again. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon. We appreciate you tuning in and invite you to review this podcast and share this episode on social media to help spread the good word.